Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13 through 18. Hear these words of the Lord. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray, Father in heaven, as we turn to your word which is both a balm and a salve for us who have wounded and sorrowful and broken hearts. Would you apply these words with grace, with mercy, with your peace and your comfort, that we might endure and persevere with Christ Jesus even through the sufferings of this world. And Father, that we would grow in our faith and our love and our adoration for you. In Jesus' name, amen. On Monday of this week, when I was meeting with the Shaws, we were discussing this service and what songs we would, they would like to have chosen and how things would lay out. And There was some conversation about what would the passage be? I told him I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I really need to pray and ask God for what would be appropriate for this setting. I had done other funerals, have done other funerals. But nothing that compares to this one. I did my father-in-law. I did my mother-in-law. I did my own mother all very aged, full lives. But this was different. This one hit closer to home. This is one of our own. As I left the Shaw's house and was driving down the freeway, this portion of Scripture came to mind. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praised God for that truth. I prayed the truth of that with regards to Annika Eve. It's true for her, it's true for all of us sitting in this room that have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so we look to this psalm of David. It's unlike other psalms. The truths that come out in this text that speak of God's omniscience, knowing all things, His omnipresent, always there, everywhere, and His omnipotence, His great power that creates us, that moves in us, that directs us, but they're not abstract in this psalm. If you read through this psalm in its entirety, and I encourage you to do that, you will find it's intimately personal. As if God is speaking not just to David, but to each and every one of us. And that's what the Word of God does. It is living, it is active. And it speaks to us directly. And so we need to stand under the Scriptures and hear what it has to say. We are all enamored with art at some level. From childhood, we experience drawing with crayons. As little children, we make our stick figures and use those colors to reflect what's around us and what's in our minds. And when we have completed that work, we run to our parents. Mommy, Daddy, look at what I've created. Some of those children go on and God blesses them with a gift of artistry. We see it all around us in this world. But some become extremely gifted artists. And so a lot of us can appreciate their work, their masterpieces. Leonardo da Vinci and his Mona Lisa. Vincent van Gogh and the Starry Night. Michelangelo's David. Rembrandt's The Prodigal Son. Renoir, Two Sisters. Cezanne, The Basket Full of Apples. Maybe those words, those artists, their works conjure up in your minds the actual images that are there. But you do know this. those artists weren't completely satisfied with those works. There was something missing in them. You see, the thoughts and the imaginations in their minds could not be transmitted through their hands to create the awe, the beauty, and the wonder that they imagined. It fell just a little bit short. But there is a perfect artist, the artist, who spoke the world into creation out of nothing. All the wonder that we see around us, the beauty of grass, flowers, wheat fields, mountains, all of those from the Master's hand. And yet, they pale in comparison to His greatest work of art. David takes this up in this psalm. 
We can say it of ourselves, but we can say it of Annika. And I'm sure that she reflects upon that now, even now. David uses words such as form, knitted, made, woven. But those words don't do justice to what God actually does in the womb of a woman. The seed of a man can do nothing in and of itself. The egg of the woman, nothing in and of itself. But God brings those two together to begin life. And in the case of Annika Eve, he began to work on another masterpiece. He formed her inward parts. The very heart of a person is in the bowels, Scripture says. Those things that create our affection for God, He made those for Himself. She was fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that she is an awesome creation. The work of his hands, though done in the darkness of the room, he saw as light. He shaped her. He weaved her together. That means that it's like an embroidery of a tapestry with great color, with great character, with great depth. A thing of beauty, a work of art. This psalm speaks of God's omniscience, His omnipresence, and His omnipotence. And all those characters of God, those attributes of God, He worked in the shaping of Annika Eve. Creating hands and feet, arms and legs, her head, her hair, her eyes, her tongue, her nose, her ears, every aspect of her. Like a great artisan, he took time. 38 weeks, roughly 266 days, God worked on Annika. And he completed his work. Unlike Cezanne, Van Gogh, Da Vinci, Renoir, that would look at their piece with some dissatisfaction, God in His omniscience looked upon Annika Eve and said, My masterpiece. My work of art. I love you. You are the work of my hands. We cannot answer the question why. Why now? And yet God in His omniscience, the God who knows all things, everything possible, everything that actual 
all events, all creatures, everything in the past, the present, the future. He is perfectly acquainted with everything. Our being, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, our unuttered secrets, and our personalities. He knows all those things. And in His sovereignty, and in His love, and in His wisdom, He chose to take Annika Eve his masterpiece to place in a throng of masterpieces in the heavenly places around the throne of grace where hallelujahs and praises are given as I spoke with the Shahs this week I said one thing that is absolutely true is Annika will never know the sufferings of this world never skin her knee Never cut a finger. Never suffer betrayal. Never be broken hearted. All the things that we live through in this life, and in this life you will have tribulation, but Jesus says, take care, I have overcome the world. Monica Eve got a fast pass circumvented it all. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what love, what mercy, and what grace that act of kindness is? Think of Scripture. There's only two others. Enoch, And Elijah, who didn't experience the pain of death but were taken up. Annika Eve was in the womb of Christina. And when God completed his work, took her soul to be with him. Some of you may be wondering, Jeff, how can you say that? How can you say? that Annika Eve is with the Lord. It comes from Scripture. The Reformers that went before us wrote confessions and creeds based on the Scriptures. The Canons of Dort, Article 17, simply pass on this message that the godly parents may believe without doubt that their children dying in infancy are elect and saved. This is based on Scripture. The covenant of grace given to Abraham in Genesis 17.7. The promise that is given at Pentecost in Acts 2.39. For the promises are unto us and to your children. And in 1 Corinthians 7.14 that speaks about Children, our children, covenant children, being holy. But there is more to this for infants. There is 2 Samuel 12, 23 through 24. You know the story. David had committed a heinous sin. A sin of adultery with Bathsheba. A sin of murder of Uriah the Hittite, one of his mighty men. 
Bathsheba was pregnant because of that affair. But the Lord took that child as punishment for David's sin, not punishment against the child. When David found the news that the child had died, David made this statement, He will not return to me, but I will go to him. Annika Eve will not return to Christina and Andrew, but they will go to him. This isn't some wishful thinking on David's part. It's not wishful thinking on our part. It is the truth of Scripture that is before us. And it is these words that David in turn used to comfort Bathsheba. For there is no greater comfort for us as believers than to know that our loved ones are in the presence of the Lord. This is all of grace. Not of merit. All of grace. For those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are saved. Their sins are forgiven. Their place in heaven secured. And they're assured of that. But if you're here today, you don't know this God who is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. If you don't realize His artistry in making you in His own image, if you don't see in Him the love that He has for us by sending His Son, Jesus, who lived a perfect life, who extends forgiveness and the promise of life after lasting by those who believe in Him. I pray that you will do that. Frequently within funerals and memorials, you will give a poem. I am a fan of Andrew Peterson, and I'd like to read the lyrics of one of his songs, Faith to be Strong, and use that as our prayer. Listen to these words carefully. They are salve and balm for us. So let us pray these words. Father, give us faith to be strong. Father, we are so weak. Our bodies are fragile and weary. As we stagger and stumble to walk where you lead, give us faith to be strong. Give us faith to be strong. Give us strength to be faithful. This life is not long, but it's hard. Give us grace to go on. Make us willing and able. Lord, give us strength to be strong. Give us peace when we're torn. Mend us up when we break. This flesh can be wounded and shaking. When there's much too much trouble for one heart to take, give us peace when we're torn. 
Give us faith to be strong. Give us strength to be faithful. This life is not long, but it's hard. Give us grace to go on. Make us willing and able. Lord, give us faith to be strong. Give us hearts to find hope. Father, we cannot see how the sorrow we feel can bring freedom. And as hard as we try, Lord, it's hard to believe. So give us hearts to find hope. Give us faith to be strong. Give us strength to be faithful. This life is not long, but it's hard. Give us grace to go on. Make us willing and able. Lord, give us faith to be strong. Give us peace when we're torn. Give us faith. Faith to be strong. We commit this, Lord, to You as our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen.